Welcome back to another episode of Civil Discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. I am one of your hosts out here in the People's Republic of Texas that just had an election. Um, we had our our, uh, our primary midterms uh, this past Tuesday. Of course, yours truly did not vote. And uh, for for reasons that that I have explained and, and, and can go further into later in life or whatnot. Um, and I had a lot of people mad at me that I didn't vote, but... Eh, it is what it is. Um, but yes, out here in the People's Republic of Texas, who is also suing the ATF. I will say oh, this. Oh, I thought you Texas. said you were suing it. No. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Um, but the state of Texas is suing the ATF because they passed a suppressor bill and the ATF said, you're not allowed to do that. And Texas said, the Attorney General said, um, watch me. And so they are, they are currently getting ready to sue the ATF and we'll see how that goes. But um, again, one of the many great things that is happening in the state of Texas, Maurice Jones, a.k.a. the Notorious BLG. And with me here more often than I am doing great things out there in the Twitterverse, out there on other podcasts and so forth is the one, the only, the supreme overlord of liberty, Amanda out there in the People's Republic of California. Amanda, how's it going today? It's going all right. I wish I were doing more great things in the People's Republic of California. I mean, as the supreme overlord of liberty, you would think that my my immediate domain would be more responsive to my supreme overlordship, but sadly, this is not the case. And I, mean, I yeah, that happens when you're dealing with a supermajority house and senate and governor in the state. Like, like it's 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 difficult. It's difficult. But you are the brave soul who has decided to take on this challenge and live out there in the land of L.A. Um, which I watched a little bit of last night because UCLA played USC in there um, yeah. in, in, uh, in LA last night. So I watched a little bit of that. But I'll, and I thought I was like, hmm, wonder if 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 a man is out here paying attention to this game. I don't know, probably not. But you know, it is what it is. So I was uh, go yeah. ahead. No, I was going to say I was not paying attention to the game. I made the horrible decision of deciding to watch Chernobyl which is, it's an amazing series. It's really well done and no one should watch it right now because it's like, I mean, you really feel like you're watching the train wreck and you're there. And I I just, you know, I've spent two hours just kind of, you know, with with my head involuntarily cupped in my hands with my mouth open. So no, I was more terrified of like, you know, fallout. And, you know, even now I'm noticing that, that the, the camera is making my face look redder than it, than it actually is in real life. And I'm like, it looks like, it looks like the radiation poisoning. Oh gosh. Yeah. So we don't even know it yet. It's all good. So Chernobyl over, Chernobyl over, over the, the rivalry of UCLA and USC, probably yes. a good choice. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I mainly because if, if you watch the game last night, and and I know we we don't talk about sports on this podcast, whatnot. It's it's not a deep thing, but Bill Walden has got to be one of the worst commentators, oh, really? in the history of NCAA basketball, I, and I just can't stand him. And so every time I watch a game that he is calling, I watch it on mute just so I can watch whatever else. So I've done um, that for yeah. Caps games because yeah. I like the 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 DC Caps commentators and announcers are so good mm-hmm. that when I watch them non-locally, I just have to have the sound off because yeah. it's, it's just nothing. So like, they are miserable. Yeah. But anyway, this is a civil discord. <laughs> Again, we are not a, a sports podcast. Um, if you want a sports podcast, I don't have any to recommend um, mainly because I try not to follow sports as much anymore because I have a life 
<laughs> and there are a lot of other things that take care that that take up that life, like a wife and kids on the, and a kid on the way, and buying a home, and all of these things, and weekly bringing you a great episode every single week. So making sure that that, that we get all of that taken care of. But before we like dive into the depths of these things, I have briefly mentioned earlier. I alluded to with the great things that Amanda is out here doing on the Twitterverse. That is an utter cesspool. 99% of the things that happen on Twitter are utter cesspools. But that 1%, you best believe, I know Amanda is going to be a part of. Amanda, what happened this past week? Well, no, I just... This past, this, this past few weeks or so with, 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 with a tweet that we did. I just tried or to make us... Yeah. No, I mean, I, again, plausible deniability. It could have been me. It could have been Maurice. We don't know. Nobody knows because it's a civil discord podcast where it's very important that you realize this um, oppo research people listening to this in 20 years. Um, <laughs> yeah. If, if, if it's anything hateful and bad or whatnot, it's definitely Maurice. Like not even a question. I will take I will take ownership of all of that. I will never I'm not backing down off of any of that. Come to me. You can come talk to me and I will own it 100 percent. Thank you. I appreciate. Yeah, no, but I tried to make us famous. Um, and so I, I would call this a relatively viral tweet. I actually was not trying to make us famous at the time. So there, there was, um, I just thought it was cool. So, so Phil Holloway, um, he, he says, he tweets out informal survey here. Is there a business that has permanently lost your patronage due to COVID-19 policies? If so, what business and why? And I'm noting that the day that he tweets this out is um, the day that I emailed uh, the UCLA COVID-19 response and recovery task force uh, with some very probing questions about why they had chosen to continue to this day their N95 mandate indefinitely. <laughs> with no off ramp. Uh, wow. So I was already feeling a little bit spicy. Right. And I just fired off um, most US, and this is at Civil Discord Podcast, is that most U- US universities, their policies of the past two years have signaled a complete rupture from any commitment to scientific inquiry, individuality, community, and students' enrichment. The university experience no longer belongs to academia. Now that was just that was just a catharsis that I that I had. I, although it, it comes from a place of uh, of, of truth and, and yeah, it's, it's my lived experience. Right. Um, and again, for for a little startup podcast, I feel like these were not bad numbers. We had within a matter of days, if that, we get got two hundred thirty likes. Um, and uh, 20 retweets, uh, two of which are quote tweets. Hey. So, yeah. Hey. We out there doing it big. Hey, you can call us small. We may be a small little David, but we taking on Goliath one tweet at a time. That is for sure. You Best know, believe that. I feel like if we're still calling COVID-19 a pandemic, we can definitely call this tweet viral. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Like it, it's, um, it's, it's almost as... I, I I will say this, and, and I know we kind of mentioned it in, in, in our brief in the pre-show, but um, how for some reason COVID nineteen has has kind of disappeared, mainly because <laughs> of of um, most most of what NPCs are. They get their firmware update, and now their talking points are Russia, and they talk about Russia bad, Russia this, Russia that, Putin this, Putin that, and and so forth. Um, 
And 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 it is what it is. And and I will. And I, I know last week we, we had mentioned some things, and, and um, hopefully we will we'll, we will get to it in this show. Um, but I had I had given a disclaimer for everything that I was talking about with Russia and Ukraine and how things are subject to change. And the the more research that I do, I may be like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is the case, and maybe that's the case, and so forth, and so. Um, I'm not going to say my views have entirely shifted, but there have been some updates to that, um, mainly because I'm learning. I'm like, hold up. Let me let me make sure that I'm not being duped here in certain mm-hmm. things. So mm-hmm. um, it was quite interesting, quite interesting. But before we get into all of that, um, there is a uh, and pardon me if, if you guys are coughing or whatnot. I'm kind of under the weather, whatnot. My, my wife is giving me something um, just because. She's having those pregnancy issues. Issues. She made you sick. She's getting the sickness. Exactly. So, for those who don't know, typically, when 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 a couple is pregnant, and by couple I really mean the wife is pregnant, the husband or the the person living with the person pregnant. I say husband because my wife and I are married. Um, you typically will show some of the same signs of pregnancy as, as the husband may get some morning sickness. The husband may start putting on weight. The husband may have specific cravings for this, that, or the other. And it's so crazy because everybody's like, that, 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 hey, has a, has Marie started getting anything? Or no? I'm like, nope, I haven't. It's like, well, he'll start gaining some weight. And I said, nope, if I start gaining weight, y'all need to let me know. So people who are watching live or who, who are watching, period, if you – if you if I start gaining weight, you're like, you know, Maurice is putting on some pounds in the in the in the video. You need to comment. Let me know. <laughs> hey, the Tories BLG, you're putting on some weight. That way I can make sure I stay in the gym, get fit and stay healthy because I need to make sure that I'm fit for my child that is coming in the in the in the, in the next few months. So I'm not trying to put on any weight. All right. So just throwing that out there. But um. Uh, so, uh, there, there is a, a nuke. There's a lot of talks of nukes, a lot of talk mm, of, of, of a, nuclear yeah. issues, a lot whatnot, of mainly coming out of Russia or whatnot, because are we going to go into world war three? Are we going to have a bunch of nukes going on? Uh, talking about Chernobyl, like, you know, you watched it, you, you watched it earlier. You watched it. No yesterday. one should watch so, Chernobyl. Right don't watch now. it, but watch it. Don't watch it though. Um, but there is an Iran nuclear deal that um is is that 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 is on that is kind of going on amidst all of this russia ukrainian stuff or whatnot so what's been going on with that yeah so the most breaking update and this i just found this as we were getting ready to go on the show is just was an hour or or a few ago is that russia who is brokering the iran nuclear deal which should give anyone pause right now um because so this is supposed to be like a quid pro quo between the U.S. and Iran, right? And it's interesting that Russia is powerful enough with respect to this deal that they can come in and say, guess what? We want something too. Like there are many parties involved in this nuclear deal and Russia is now saying, "For if we're going to go forward with this deal that, that is being brokered, uh, we want sanctions lifted that the U.S. has just imposed. And this seems to be, I mean, this is a huge new wrench, and right. it, it does seem to be, a, it looks like it might be a no-go, um, even though just hours before this looked pretty definitive, it looked like it was going to go through. Um, this is something of a vanity project that 
uh, that Joe Biden has. And uh, it, I mean, it really is. So obviously there, there was, or, or for people who don't know, um, there was a there was a nuclear deal that the U.S. had with with Iran. Um, Iran was essentially not following the terms of that deal, so Trump pulled out of the deal. Um, and uh, now there's uh, Biden really wants to get back in. Um, however, the terms of this deal right now are really dubious. Um, again, we're dealing with a country that has a history of hostile, hostile rhetoric and in some cases actions against the U.S. and allies fighting proxy wars. Um, and moreover, we're dealing with a country that has a history of not being uh, faithful in terms of holding up its, its end of the bargain. We talked about contracts last week and, and how those are important. Um, yes. That is a motorcycle. And for a second, I didn't know what it was. And that was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded like a crash. So that's, there it is. There's a bright flash yeah, of light. going to come to like nuclear warheads. There we some, go. Some signal coming off. <laughs> no, I need to be like ducking and covering my bathroom then. Interior exactly. walls, people. That's That's where it's at. <laughs> but there was so we had this deal and um as, after we pulled out of this deal we had sanctions that were imposed on not Iran in general so this is interesting right last week we were talking about when sanctions do and don't work a lot of these sanctions that are up to be lifted if we go back into this deal are targeted sanctions and they have to do with specific individuals um, basically having them, uh, you know, sanctioning them, not having them allowed to travel, whether you agree with that or not, those, that's kind of one of those super rare instances in which sanctions might be effective if they're not targeting an entire population and they're not right. tar targeting entire industries. Um, and it's, it's ironic to me, <laughs> start singing again, but that Joe Biden's kind of abandoning more targeted sanctions at the same time that he's imposing these very, very generalized sanctions that torture the Russian people, yeah. um, all for the sake of being able to say that he got us back into the Iranian nuclear deal. So that's why, you know, I call it a vanity project. Um, at the same time, we continue to allow for Russian oil imports into the U.S. Uh, because once again, U.S. pipelines are bad and nuclear energy is bad, but outsourcing right. pollution via fossil fuel pipelining to Russia is good for yeah, the exactly. environment. And uh, this and now we're talking about Venezuela as well, trying to get um, trying to be trying to import more fuel for Venezuela again, rather than seeking energy independence, we are we are trying to curry favor with yet another country that, again, abstained from an incredibly ceremonial vote, but abstained from a vote to condemn Russia uh, along with Iran. So it, there's, it's interesting the, the, the contrast between the rhetoric that we're going to be super hard on Russia, we're going to be super hard on Iran versus we are still going to allow for Russia's main imports um, Iran, of course, if we go back into this deal, we will be able to import more uh, Iranian oil, which, again, just kind of kicking the can down the road as it comes to clean energy independence, mm -hmm. which and the U.S. has the capacity for that. Right. Um, so this this is an interesting one to watch. I, of course, have very strong views on the Iranian nuclear deal. It just is very clear to me that uh 
Iran has not and will not hold up its end of, of uh, the bargain. Uh, it's currently enriching uranium up to 60% purity. And uh, if you have 90% purity, you have weapons grade levels of uranium enrichment. The nuclear deal would have capped that enrichment capacity at 3.67. But again, we have to remember that Iran was never holding up to this deal. And as it stands right now, the U.S. doesn't profit really anything from the current terms of, of the deal. As I understand them, um, there are targeted sanctions that are being lifted from certain Iranians. And in exchange, we maybe get the possibility of Iran sitting down at the table to talk about not enriching uranium. Um, and again, need I, I, I'm reminding everyone that this is a deal brokered by Russia to the extent that Russia is now coming in and saying, I mean, it's really brokered by, like, I want to call it the Putin-Iran nuclear deal. Right. It, Russia is now coming in and saying, this deal is off the table if you don't lift sanctions on us as well. And the scary thing is that I think there are so, there's such little concentration around it right now that if Joe Biden really wants to, and if he's, he's, dogged enough about this, he might just kind of quietly let this go through. And, and that's my mm -hmm. fear. And you have even Democrats in Congress speaking out about how this is kind of weird. It is weird. And, and I, I just, I mean, and, and I know we, I believe we, we touched on this a little last week as far as Russia brokering this deal while they are doing the things that they want to do. And I just, anytime I hear about things like this, as far as what's going on, I, it, it makes me hate states and governments even more because it's, I mean, it's, it's this concept of, of, you know, do I trust people? And the answer is no. So if I don't trust people on a daily basis, like why would I trust the Iranian government to say, Oh yeah, you know, we'll, we will keep it. We will keep it where it is right now before we increase our level even more. I mean, I don't trust the U S to hold, hold, hold their end of the bargain when, when it comes to things. You know why? Because all the while the U.S. develops their nuclear systems. When, when, whenever, when they they tell everybody, else, oh no, you you're not allowed to have any any sort of like nuclear weapons when it this because because you know that's not good and we want to waver from all that. All the while we're you know we're saying oh well that doesn't apply to us you know or hey um let's let's talk about you know uh let's let's say. Oh, we need to attack Russia's government with sanctions. All the while, they are actually hurting most of the, most of the Russian people. Or same thing with Iran. And and I get you know, uh, as libertarians, most libertarians do not like sanctions in the sense of of how they work because what they currently do is they don't affect anybody um, that 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 um, that needs to be affected by the sanction. It's most of the time, most of the sanctions they always affect innocent people who have nothing to do with anything that that we're dealing with. I mean, it's it's almost kind of like if if people are mad at the US because Joe Biden decided to bomb, you know, uh, a specific Middle Eastern country. And so then all of a sudden civil innocent people in America are affected by that because the other country come came back and said, "Oh, you know what? We need to uh we need to retaliate." And our first thought is, well, they didn't do anything to you, so why are you doing them? If Joe Biden was your issue, why didn't you just try to do something to Joe Biden and so forth? And so we have all these back and forth things, and which is the the big issue with sanctions, um, with when it comes down to it. But I I I just think that 
if 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 we and I, I say we loosely as far as the U.S. is concerned are really going to to want to have people, I guess, negotiate in good faith, then maybe we should and we as in the U.S. government should really put some some sort of like thought into everything as far as like, OK, maybe Russia should not be the people heading up these com- these conversations like maybe i mean if we're if we're the u.s government and we're talking about flexing our muscles and and i get it's it's a delicate situation um which the u.s has kind of like i mean what we'll talk about that later but it's a delicate situation but the u.s at some point has got to say hey you know what we're not gonna we're not gonna deal with this anymore like if we're gonna say that we're the the this is me arguing for a state, okay? This is not me saying what should happen. We're going to say, hey, you know what? If 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 we are going to be the United States of America and we're going to be the the world police and so forth, um, at some point, Russia, you you've got to kick rocks in this deal. Like we're not catering to you, um, Iran. Hey, sorry, bud. This is what's going to happen. Here's what you guys got. Take it or leave it. If not then we will do whatever we got to do to flex our muscles as we should. Okay. Now I'm not saying that the U S government should do that or whatnot, but at, at this point, it's kind of like, I wonder what Donald Trump would do in this situation. Like, I feel like he would maybe, I don't know, probably grow a pair and say, I'm sorry, this is not how things are going to work because, because, this does not benefit the U.S. in any way, shape, or form, or whatnot. I, and, and I don't know. I mean, it's just it's these are all things that are flying on the radar, so it's super dangerous. And, you know, and, and it's always one of those things of any time the news is flooded with one story, there is there has got to be at least ten other stories that are flying below the radar that need somewhat of attention that nobody wants to discuss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I, I was gonna, I was gonna say basically exactly what you just said that, you know, this, this allows people and politicians to slip in their little vanity projects when nobody else is looking. Right. Um, you know, Russia's demanding written guarantees that its economic trade with Iran will be exempted from U.S. sanctions imposed on Russia. Now, this. Again, by brokering these deals, by overseeing these deals, this is how, as we discussed last week, countries that are not open trading democracies are still able to have a significant, strong international presence. Right. Um, again, once once again, giving the lie to the myth that every country wants a strong, thriving internal economy. When when uh, kleptocracies like Russia, like like the Russian government, don't need that, don't require that. No. Um, and uh, again, it, this is, it, it's got people on all sides of the aisle concerned. Uh, CNN's actually done some, some good reporting on this. Um, now, again, what would be lucrative for the U.S. about entering into this deal at this time is that it would open up oil. It would open up oil from Iran, uh, which, you know, we're now, we're now sanctioning. Uh, again, as we're continuing to allow in Russian oil, which is just so strange, and we've already reached out for Venezuelan oil as well. Um, this is, it's, 
angering in particular when you hear a politician, any politician say something like, we need to become energy independent. And really energy independent means we're not, we're not moving toward what's considered clean energy. We're outsourcing what we're considering dirty energy where, and that is once again, usually those, those production standards in, in our country is, is very, very high and yeah. better for the environment. So right. if we were to open up, a we were to go forward with the Keystone Pipeline here, that would be a much cleaner source of fuel. That would be a much cleaner source of fuel than you're going to get from, from Russia. That's going to be a much cleaner source of fuel than you're going to get from a lot of countries. But if ultimately, we need to be working toward, yes, things like uh, things like nuclear energy and again clean sustainable sources of of fuel if we're talking about uh, you know powering vehicles and so forth uh, this is again kicking the can down the road right. and it is it it belies this state of the union rhetoric about make it here build it here be energy independent oh by the way uh, come on in Venezuela and Russia and help us also with the Iran nuclear deal oh man. I, I, this is how far removed I am from politics. And maybe it's just how far removed I am just from, from Joe Biden. I did not know there was a state of the union until the day after the state of the union, like had no idea. The only reason why I knew is because somebody had, I think it was, I popped up on my Instagram of uh, Nancy Pelosi almost falling over or whatnot as she was getting up to clap. Like that, it was that one. And then uh, who was Chuck it? Schumer. Um, yes, Chuck, Chuck Schumer standing up and clapping at the wrong time. And then he clapped like five seconds too early. And then all of a sudden he goes to back down and then everybody stands up and starts clapping. Like it was, it was I, and then I, that's when I was like, oh, snap, there's a state of union. It's, oh. it's all right, Maurice, you shouldn't feel bad oh. because uh, Joe Biden also didn't know that there was a state of the union until the day after it happened. <laughs> so you're in good company. Oh, man, it was pure gold. Um, but I did watch some of the highlights from it. Um, that and, and by highlights, I mean, I mean, I, I did like listen to two parts of it, but uh, the highlights as far as the blunders that 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 were of uh, of um, the uh, of. When he mentioned he was talking about the Ukraine Russian uh, uh, Russia incident, and he was discussing how he, he said, "Man, you know the Iranian people, you know, really need our help." And I you mean, literally, it is linked. It is linked. <laughs> they are linked. And then you see Kamala Harris just like, "What?" Kind of had this look on her face, like, uh, "Golly, like I cannot believe this man literally just said this." Yeah. Like, Nobody was talking about Iran in this. Probably like nobody should be even focusing on Iran because of the deal that 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 we're that we're dealing with right now. And and you're up there just oh man, it was just pure gold, pure gold. So many things to get into as far as the state of you, as far as highlights for me. So many things to get into, but that was probably one of my favorite parts. Him calling yeah. the you the Ukrainians Iranians, the Iranian um, people. Exactly. Oh, that was gold. That was gold. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe he had advanced information that Russia was going to try to pull out of the deal. He's like, no, 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 we're not going to quash the the gas exports of the Iranian people. Um, no, we we can go into those those highlights and lowlights. It was so. First of all, the the first 
20 minutes or so of the speech were kind were obviously hastily slapped together um, to deal with the Russia Ukraine Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Mm. Um, and one thing that irks me so much is this rhetoric about how cheer up Ukraine, the arc of history bends toward freedom. Mm. The arc of history doesn't freaking bend toward freedom, okay? Unless you're right. Hegel and you think that we're all just progressing toward this great freedom. There is no arc of history that progresses <laughs> toward freedom, okay? That is the entire point. Freedom is very, very rare. It doesn't happen when you sit around and wait. And it is just, it is so insulting. I can only imagine how insulting it is to to be over there and to hear this Let's stand up and, and show Ukraine our support. This ceremonial bluster about how it's going to be okay because freedom always prevails. Right. If you're in a subway station that's supposed to double as a bomb shelter getting shelled, I think that's pretty cold comfort. And so, yeah. again, I'm not saying it shouldn't have been addressed. It absolutely should have been addressed, but it was cheapened by the rhetoric about how, well, of course, freedom is inevitable um, because it is, as, as they say in the loop, a very evitable. It's freedom is extremely evitable. Um, and, and any talk otherwise cheapens both freedom and, and cheapens the conflict. Um, I also thought it was, it was very funny. I mean, it's just, you just got to laugh again. It feels like performance art when, yeah when Biden says we have to fund the police now, everyone stands up and cheers, which of course was, was workshopped and focus grouped. And I get that. 100%. But what's, what's particularly irksome is that again, what a lot of libertarians have argued for is more community-based policing mm. um, where it's more localized and, you know, law enforcement, we eliminate public sector unions like law enforcement unions. We end qualified immunity and, and police officers, law enforcement are more directly accountable to the people that they serve. That's not what Biden is, is jockeying for here. His aim is to nationalize the police, is centralize yeah. policing by having the DOJ take over local law enforcement. Whatever happened to community-based policing? That I mean, if you centralize the police and if you have the DOJ take over, then you basically, you know, you're able to turn the police on your enemies. If you think if you think there are problems with the way that we police now, so much worse when you nationalize yeah. the police and have DOJ oversight. And and this is why I I uh, I give a lot of flack to my community um, for strictly voting um, Democrats and so forth, and I, I mean, and I give a, I give a lot of flack to a lot of people who strictly vote Republicans and whatnot too. So don't 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 believe me. I don't discriminate in that in in, in that nature at all. Like everybody gets it, everybody can get it. Um, but it's it's like I really feel like Democrats believe that Americans are stupid, like. I legit believe that there's no other way. There's no way you can convince me otherwise. When all for the past two years, you know what? No, sorry. Three years. No, two years. Sorry. George Floyd, 2020, everything. Yeah. COVID. So past two years, you hear nothing but defund the police, defund the police. Now I will say that I don't remember Joe Biden explicitly say, stating these things or whatnot. But it was definitely a lot of like, hey, we need to focus on policing to make sure 
that um, because we have black and brown men who are being shot in the streets. And I mean, talk about the whole George Floyd thing and and and, and all of that and, and everything that was an opportunistic um, thing to for, for them for them to pounce upon. But for two years, you hear, oh, we have to defund the police. And this is what BLM is talking about because black lives matter. And we got to make sure we, we, we move the funding from from the police departments into the social services to make sure that, that, that we send out social workers out there to these calls and, and this, that, or the other. And then you turn around and in your state of the union speech talking about police officers, police departments don't need to be defunded. They need to be funded. And that's what we've been doing. We've been funding the police. And I'm just like, like what? And then for the rest of these Democrats to stand up there and cheer like, yes, this is the platform that we've been running on forever. And yes, we love it. We want to fund the police. We want to give them more resources. We want to make sure that they, that they, that, that they have everything that they need to police the communities that they're in. And you're just, and I'm just like, there's no way that, that they can really get away with this. And the thing is, they will. They 100% will. Nobody's going to care about it. Nobody's going to think about it. Everybody's going to move on and and. And think like, oh, yeah, Democrats, because they decide to rewrite. Most politicians decide to rewrite history often. Um, And so they will go back and say, yeah, we've always been the party of that because Joe Biden was always tough on crime. So he always wanted to make sure that that the police were were well off and so forth. And and I I think that's a a lot more to appease specific unions and and things of nature. And, and And I also believe that. They've seen other cities who started this whole defund the police thing go back and readjust and say, nah, we need to make sure that our police have resources in these specific communities because our crime rates are going up um, even higher. Th- even I want to I, I want to say there were studies that came out in 2021 that in cities I, I can't remember. I, I can't remember. And I, I should have pulled it up and I'm sorry. But there were specific cities that they had done a study that they had higher crime rates in 2021 than they did in 2020. And oh, that was a rest- lot of them. Yeah, I, I, I mean <laughs> Chicago. I think New York City. Yes, and all and all in which cities were like, "Hey, we are moving funding from our police departments into other areas to 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 make sure that everybody is appeased and so forth." And I thought, and and it's you see that, and you're just like, I mean, look, I am not supportive of the. I'm not like Blue Lives Matter and so forth and then things of that nature, but. I mean, golly, I know how to fix it, and you're wrong, and you're wrong, but I would much rather you fund my local police departments than defund them 100%. I mean, and it's and it was crazy, I mean, because I remember seeing, having conversations with people who, who tried to explain to me what defund the police actually meant and didn't mean, you know, to take money from them, and I'm like, okay, so I guess you're not a linguist. I'm pretty <laughs> sure defund means take money from. Like, I'm funding you, so I stop funding you. Like, that's that's taking money from me. I, I don't I don't know. I don't get it. It's, even, people are just crazy. Go ahead. I'm even sorry. as a libertarian, I remember saying, well, yeah, on strictly speaking, I support defunding the police on the grounds that I support taking money away from <laughs> most agencies. Right. So, so, yes, I do. But it was it was very funny to, to kind of see that that backbending. And, and then having people who are more extreme on, on the issue double down and say, no, 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 we mean like abolish the police right. and, and this internal, you know, this internecine, you know, you're not helping. Well, this is what right. we want. Um, and that, that conflict still persists. It's very difficult to, to be a party with, with the majority and, and to have these, these conflicts aired. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting hearing that more, 
Trumpian rhetoric and seeing seeing Democrats clap for it. By the way, yes. still ahead. spaced uh, one seat apart. I loved it. Like people haven't got their masks on for the most part, but they're still sitting one one seat space apart. Okay, that's not six feet. That's not even three feet. Right. And it doesn't matter anyway. And I don't know why you're doing that. It's like a, the slow walk back, the very exactly. slow walk back. Exactly. Uh, what, what, what else? So he talked about he talked about funding the police. Fund the police. He talked about securing the borders. Yeah. He talked about like bringing jobs back to America. He talked about all these things, and I literally thought like this guy sounds like a wish version of Donald Trump. Like he sounds like the. You go if, if those of you who don't know what Wish is, Wish is like the knockoff brands of everything. You can get oh, everything wow. and anything from Wish or whatnot. For if you get a pair of let's say Beats headphones, the Beats headphones are typically like two hundred dollars. You can go on Wish and get the same pair and, and get a pair from China for thirty bucks. Okay, oh. and you're, you're you're risking it'll take you it'll take it two months to get to you um, now with COVID and stuff like that. Probably closer to three and a half four. And you'll for, when it shows up on your doorstep, you'll forget that you get that you have it that you even ordered it but i'm like literally everything that this man is saying man that sounds like a knockoff version of donald trump the what is it building america is like building building back america better or something yeah, like that no no so he changed the name of the bill i can't say the name of the bill because i always laugh but it but Get it's now there. yeah but it but it's <laughs> But it's now they changed the name because he realized that they can't pass that bill, but it's the same bill. It's just rebranded. And so most of the speech was indeed him outlining that policy agenda, which is just that the same bill recycled, but branded almost to MAGA. Like he did everything short of saying, make America great again. Yes. I almost think that he did. Building America better again. That's what it is. It's crazy. It's crazy, you know. We're all taking crazy pills. Um, oh my gosh, I feel like Mugatu on um, yes, on, on Zoolander. Like, Zoolander. am I taking crazy pills? Like, yes, yeah. I've got to be. I've got. You to be. are. And this is, you know, at, at moments like this, I am so happy to be a libertarian. I'll tell you why. <laughs> because yes, it's annoying, but it's so refreshing. Because I don't have to carry anyone's water anymore. And so it's just, you know, like every side does crazy stuff. And I'm just like, I don't have to defend any of you. Exactly. Because you're all morons. And it feels feels so good. Um, So at at this point, you just just laugh at the the recycled rhetoric getting ping-ponged back and forth. But what is troublesome, obviously, are the very real developments uh, that are are being, you know, swept under the table, um, you know, kind of behind the shiny rhetoric. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's, 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 it's hilarious to watch, but sad to see um, just everything that, that, that is happening within the U.S. government. I mean, even just the how how people describe certain situations and and how they I, I think he talked about how this was the best job growth in American history. And oh, gosh. And, and, and it's it, again, it's one of those things of like it's not maybe it's not because you it couldn't possibly because you and the previous president before you decided to bring the economy to a crashing halt and tell people that they couldn't go to work. And, and well, indirectly, let me say indirectly tell people 
that they can't go to work. And then and now all of a sudden you're 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 claiming that COVID is is nearly over and that we're past all of this and that people are able to go back to work and do all and do all these things like that couldn't possibly be it that like you know the the mere fact that over the past two years people just haven't been able to go to work and now that they are people are coming off of unemployment because they're taking away the benefits for that like there's no that could not be it like stop stop taking credit for something that you caused in the first place like that that's like literally and, and I know people use this all the time that's somebody coming and breaking your leg and then you and then they do the surgery on your leg they put the bones in there the um, the screws in there to to, 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 um, to line it all back up stitch you up and say you're welcome for healing you and it's just like no you idiot you're the one who broke my leg in the first place. No, you, no U.S. government. You're the one who caused this job loss in the first place. You cannot take credit for something that you caused. Like, well, it's, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's go even ahead. worse now because it's, it's like me taking $1,000 from you and then handing back 700 and saying, Maurice, you just earned $700. Right. Yes, you made 700 Aren't you excited? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, yes, so these job numbers, it's record job growth. What happened, this is literally what happened, is there were jobs that were lost permanently because of COVID-19 policies and shutdowns. And then some of those jobs were restored. And because so many jobs were lost, even a portion of those jobs being restored is record job growth because of the record job loss. Exactly. And we still haven't gotten back. So there is no record job growth net or, or really even gross. I, there's just not record job growth. I saw a beautiful new genre fact check, by the way, on this, which is it's chef's kiss. So there was a, a fact check that, that, that said it was partially true. Joe Biden's claim <laughs> that we had record job growth. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, they probably talked about how this was related to the, the COVID policy. No, 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 no. They said the numbers are correct, but we only started measuring job growth in the 1930s. The implication being that we might have had more job growth like prior to the 1930s than this, but we will never oh. know. This is a brilliant new genre of fact check because oh it's not quite gosh. gaslighting. What it is, is you take a claim that is demonstrably false, and then you say it's somewhat false for a reason that is entirely crap and has nothing to do with the reason that it's actually false. And then you can go and parade yourself around to some bastion of journalistic integrity because you have fact-checked this thing that is entirely false as partly true because of this irrelevant detail that actually makes you sound silly for not saying it's completely true. It's gorgeous. These people, I they they will find some way to make sure that 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 they that they are right in some sense. Instead of just sucking them, and say, "Hey, no, you wrong on that one." They gonna say that you're right. Um, but I mean, hey, if, if if you haven't watched the State of the Union, I don't encourage you to go. You watch don't it. need to. We you just told to you it. all of it. Exactly. There are great clips that are on there. Um, I think there's like a there's like a it's like a minute nineteen second clip of how great the state of the union was. And it is literally just um, Joe Biden blunders 
and 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 him just uh, people just making all kinds of crazy faces and 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 uh, oh yes yeah the knuckle when rubbing Nancy, yes the Nan- Nancy Pelosi for some reason for those of us who are watching if you haven't seen State of Union you see when when he when he starts talking about I think he starts talking about like 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 people with him and yes in Afghanistan and because he was talking about his son Bo and 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 then there was this crazy and there was an outbreak of 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 uh, of, of Republicans saying. Hey, what about the thirteen? Why didn't you name them the the thirteen Americans that that died, and so forth? And and, uh, Robert, yeah. and and so um and but you see Nancy Pelosi in the background just like get so giddy when she's and almost like it's sickening where she like he's literally talking about like death and how they are they are um man it's, it's they're, they're in burn pits like yeah. the, there's yeah. Like and she's just like, oh yes, like rubs oh my her gosh. knuckles together. Yeah, like almost like Schmeagel, my precious type stuff, you know. Really like, odd. It's it was so sick. I mean, and and I don't know if she was prepping for a clapping situation or whatnot, but oh oh, it it the optics were not good. I will say this: the for for State of the Unions, the optics were just not good at all for the for this specific one. They just were not. I mean, it's people standing up and clapping at the wrong things at the wrong time. Uh, Republicans uh, saying specific outbreaks, um, you know, having having outbursts and and this that. I mean, it, it, the optics were just not good, especially for 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 Democrats who are expected to lose by landslides come the midterms. Um, it 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 just it does not bode well for them. This just didn't look right. Mm-hmm. No. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I had, I had another thought and it completely left me. I feel like Joe Biden with a teleprompter just, <laughs> um, oh yeah, no, Never off script. yeah, no, I, I went off script. <laughs> Sorry. That was my, that was my Kamala impression. She did that earlier this past week. Um, but, uh, there was, there was a bit about how, how we're going to end cancer as we know it. I, on, in the state of the union, I got nervous because anytime, the government tries to end something as we know it, it usually ends up being worse. Yeah. I don't know if you realize this, but uh, drug addiction, <laughs> um, <laughs> war, yeah. um, there, there, there's a lot, uh, in, inflation, yeah. uh, poverty, there, there's a lot that, that government programs have yeah. tried to end as we, I mean, COVID, I, I feel I'm worried about what is the ivermectin of cancer treatment that that is now going to be blocked because right. uh, because of some uh, some random uh, clause in in um, you know in off in emergency authorization. Um, I'm, I'm partly joking, but I'm also kind of worried. I think anytime you try to federalize medicine and, and federalize science, usually things go poorly. Definitely. They typically do. Um, speaking of Kamala Harris, I, I I don't know. Did you hear her her describe yes. what is happening in Ukraine? If you haven't, and I'm pretty sure all our listeners have, but I just got to say exactly how she did. Like it's, I feel like my niece, who is four, would be very excited on how she described this um, because my niece is four and she doesn't understand places as far as the vastness of the world and how war works and she doesn't understand how countries work but this is how y'all's vice president 
I don't want to say y'all. I, not me. I don't claim her. I, I don't claim her, nor do I. Not my president. She's my, my vice, vice president. president. She is. She's mine. <laughs> I'm, I'm an American. I love America. She's my vice president. Not super happy about it, but she is. Like, hey, she goes, so Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong, and it goes against everything we stand for. I mean, the words were so profound that, oh, my goodness, I just, whoo! I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. I don't know. Could not have said it better myself. Describing Russia as a country and as a powerful country. And then you take Ukraine as a smaller country. Yes, Russia is a bigger country. Ukraine is a smaller country. Like, I just, and and maybe her target audience was five-year-olds. Well, right. To be fair, she was, the person that was prefaced with explain it in layman's terms, I believe. Um, But there's, there's, yeah, there's a difference though between layman's terms and that. Maybe this is just my my libertarian soul soullessness, but what I found most jarring about that that explanation is that it cues it up to be like the big country is always the bad country is always the worst. Yeah. Country. Now again, country that invades other country, bad bad yes. thing to do. But what and again, rather than emphasizing the fact that the invasion is what's bad. Although she does at the end, but she prefaces that with Russia's the the bigger country and invaded the smaller. No, if a smaller country invaded a big country, that would also be Still bad. bad. I just, exactly. Size doesn't matter. Is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> size does not matter. Invasion does. I it is. I, I, I don't know. I, I I just can't take anything this administration does seriously. Um, I can't take them. Ser- I just can't take government seriously anymore. Um, even, even and even so, on, onto this this whole Russia and Ukraine thing mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and whatnot. And I just as as I so over this past week, I kind of thought about. I was like, you know, what did I say last week? And and um, let me let me just kind of get an idea of 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 my thoughts and, and and put them together and just think. Okay, one. Wh- I, my, my first question was. What does the U.S. have to do with all with all this? Because because for some reason or another, whatever conflict happens around the world, the U.S. has part in it. Like it, they just do. And I and I am not part of this blame America first type thing. Like I'm not. But my, my if if everything that happens around the world involves the United States in some way, shape, or form, I'm going to ask. Okay, why does this involve the United States, and what is happening? Like. Why is it that Putin decides to make his moves at the time that he's currently making his moves? And why is it that that he is he is moving in a certain way? And then why why is he telling the Russian people something completely different mm-hmm. than what is being told to me as far as the media and so forth, as far as what I see and and this, that, or the other? And then and and so I I I kind of started thinking, I was just like, okay, like let me let me get it, get somewhat of an idea. And, you know, Russia's mad because Ukraine doesn't want to, because Ukraine is, had, well, is being talked about it being, being part of NATO. And, and it's just like, okay, well, 
let's go back to NATO. So why is Ukraine being part of that? And it just took me down this whole long rabbit rabbit hole of of NATO and understanding that NATO was only supposed to go as far as Germany. And now Well, that's not quite correct. What no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I was just gonna say it, it initially that that was that was the that was the initial formation of, of right. NATO. But there there was not kind of a an agreement that, you know, it's it's not going to include other countries as well. Um, so there was talk about that, but there was never anything officiated, uh, you know, with regard to NATO um, right. and NATO expansion. Right. And so and so and, and then and then you kind of see like, OK, well, NATO is, is slowly starting to creep in. It, it's just it's just this concept of of Russia has always been deemed as the bad guy to the West. Like, I mean, ever, I mean, since longer than I've been alive. I mean, let's be real. I mean, we're talking Cold War here. So mm-hmm. um and, and so and and again, I am not defending anybody on any on any sort of level at all, because I guarantee there's people like, oh, well, Maurice is a Putin lover and he's over here. And I'm like, no, but I can see that because because at first Putin was his concept was I'm just going to take back areas that already want to be part of Russia. You know, like that, that were the, that was the first step. So, so I was like, okay, like these are, these are areas who don't want to be part of Ukraine. They, 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 they've already deemed themselves to be pro-Russia. And, and that is what he had, he originally was doing. And I was like, okay, like this makes sense. And then I'm, and then it just took me down this rabbit hole of like, like, my goodness, like, I, I, I just, I, I, I can't believe everything that I see as far as from what we are being told because I'm a firm believer in the U S is nothing but propaganda. As far as our media is just like everything else. So why would I believe everything that the U S is telling me? And, and, and then when I, and I think my, the, the, the key factor was when I started to, to hear myself think of things and be like, man, this is the same thing that everybody else is saying. Like, uh, and, and I'm not saying that last week we were saying what everybody else was saying because mm-hmm. we weren't, but I was like, uh, like, as I got deeper into it, I was like, this is, this sounds awfully familiar. Like, hold up. Let me take a step back and just, and let me not fall into a, a concept of what happened in 2001, what happened in 2005 and 2006 with weapons of mass destruction and this, that, the other. And I'm just like, Okay, but I mean, all, all that being said, Putin is still an aggressor. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that he is not, um, but it, it it did have me kind of cause, um, it did cause me to pause and think like, okay, maybe there's there's a little bit more that meets the eye to this entire situation that I am missing, kind of thing. Right, and I mean, I think it's always good to to reflect on that kind of thing. Um, the, what's what's interesting is that Russia was the first to implicate the U.S. You know, what does the U.S. have to do with this? Well, perhaps in, in one sense, you could make the argument that it shouldn't. But Russia is, in fact, the one that said, you know, this is R- Russia's making John, John Mearsheimer's argument and saying this is this is America's fault. This is mm. the West's fault. This is NATO's fault. So mm. this is in a way and I'm you know, it's, it's Putin, not Russia. But in in a way. Yes, this is proximally about Ukraine, but 
Putin has been very clear from day one that this is a retaliation against Western decisions. And in fact, part of his part of his anger at Ukraine is he considers it this this Western puppet government. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's not just, oh, this place that he wants to take back. It's a symbol of Western encroachment on on what he considers, yes, to be his his territory. Right. Um in in terms of sanction related involvement or or what have you and again i've been i think you and i have both been very vocal about how we feel about a lot of these sanctions <laughs> but when it comes to trade relations which again this is one area that the us government is still a little bit touchy about you know if if we're importing russian oil and then russia does something crappy it's sort of like you know you're patronizing a business and the business does something bad that with which you don't agree well right. you if you're a conscientious consumer, you maybe shouldn't patronize that business. Right. Um, and, and so if you look at it from the standpoint of conscientious consumption, um, that's, that's a point of, again, it's, it's a point of legitimate involvement if it's targeted. Um, and again, going back to the, the whole irony of, of, of really not taking a firm line against Russian oil imports, but, you know, crippling an entire people. Um, there is a narrative that I think is very strange, and I've seen it a lot in a lot of libertarian camps, that people are pushing for war with Russia. And I actually haven't seen that. I know Zelensky is trying to have NATO enforce a no-fly zone, and NATO mm-hmm. saying, no, we're not going to do that. Um, I think a lot of most of most people with clear heads in the U.S. and, and abroad are saying, we're not going to put boots on the ground. And there's a tendency... I think there's there's a fear that we would put boots on the ground because we've it feels I think similar for a lot of people to what happened with with other American encroachments in countries, mm-hmm. um, and of course we always have to be careful that there are ways to take a side in a conflict and there are way, in, a, in a conflict in which you've been implicated um, in a way that does not escalate to the level of warfare. I think a lot of this response that I'm seeing, and again, it's fantastic, and I, I would I encourage everyone to be a critical media consumer. Um, so I'm not saying not to do that, but a lot of the the kind of knee jerk response that I've seen from some people that's like, well, what's 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 so bad about Russia? Which I'm not saying you're saying that, right, but right. a lot a lot of that response I think comes from a fear of people pushing to go to war and warmongering. And yeah, there been there's been a little bit of that, but I haven't seen that in any way, which I'm really afraid of, um, from from U.S. authorities. So I haven't either. Um, like if, if if I've I've heard it in conversations with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, which is which is very which which I actually got into some trouble because I got into a conversation with somebody and they called me selfish and um and like if if somebody's house is burning down would you like you wouldn't go in there to save them and I'm like that's not the situation that's happening now but 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 I mean I but I would like and and, and I and I said it last week like it's if if there is if somebody's being aggressed upon and, and I can do something about it, then allow me to do something about it. but I I don't think um, I, I think the analogy that, that that they were using was was wrong, um, but uh, I was called selfish. I was called I wanted civilians to die, like 
and, and all this stuff. And I'm just like, all because I don't want to put U.S. men and women in in a war to 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 go and die for a cause that they have no idea what it's about. Like it's it's and and like well when you sign up for military you give your life away and I'm like yeah I get that but that that doesn't mean that I still want people to go over there and 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 die for this as um in in the grand scheme of things and that I was called selfish and I was just like well I I think it's selfish that that you would want people to do that and you're not willing to do that yourself. So, and uh, and I think the the burning the burning building analogy could could be apt if if you're talking about okay well do you run into the burning building or do you hose it down? Do you call the fire department? Um, do you, do you help your neighbor like build, build their home back up? Um, right. I, there are a lot of options that don't amount to running into a burning building that I think are, and should be very much on the table. Um, just like, you know, you see someone getting, getting beat up in the street. How do you react? Well, you should probably right. do something. You should probably do something just, just right. because you have a right not to do something doesn't mean you have a responsibility. Of course. Um, and especially if you do have, if, if you are still the best option for, de- for, for Liberty on the planet. Um, I mean, there, there's not really a place that I consider to be freer than the U S for all its flaws. Um, right. I think that that is that is worth strengthening, um, but uh, but yeah, it's I wouldn't I wouldn't put boots on the ground at this stage. It would be it would be very different if we had a draft. I would I would very much object to to any kind of draft. You do make the point about you know there being a voluntary military service. It's not so it's not like you're making someone go in. Right. But at the same time, it's something that I don't I wouldn't do at this point. Um, and I, I actually would be very worried about that happening openly. If you want mm. to send special ops or something, that's, that's above my pay grade. Mm. Um, and certainly if you want to volunteer, which there's actually, uh, people are now being offered the opportunity to, to volunteer, go over to your Ukrainian embassy with your paperwork. And you, and if you have military training, you can go and, and fight. And some people have actually from multiple countries taken them up on that. And I think, okay, oh, wow. fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I said, uh, going back to the no fly zone, um, I was, I was talking with someone else today. I said, you know, the way that we could get around the no fly zone thing, if we really wanted to is we could kind of stage a Berlin airlift type of situation where you have all of these all of these city, cities that are being besieged. They don't have supplies. NATO says, okay, we're going to deliver humanitarian aid. This is not a no-fly zone. We're just going to deliver humanitarian aid. And then if Russia then shoots at a NATO plane, mm. then that's an escalation against NATO forces. I'm not saying right. that should be done. Right. I'm just saying that that is one, one workaround um, right. that... I don't know, Lindsey Graham or something might be considering. He is, uh, <laughs> he, he had some interesting ideas on the Twitter machine. Uh, one of those Ambien Lindsey Graham or something uh, arguing for a palace coup against oh, Vladimir Putin. I don't know how they're going to get Sorry. to him, quite frankly. I don't know how they're going to get to Putin to, to stage a palace coup. He's got that super long table. That he can't, you've got to, got to run across the entire length of room sitting at the end of my long table. How do you think this ends? How do I think this? Um, yeah. It's it's interesting, right? Because there have been a number of different time estimates. I saw a really optimistic take. Uh, I'm not putting much credence in it, but 
that Russia is so strapped for supplies that this could end in a couple months. And then other people say, no, this could be like just a prolonged conflict that goes on for 15, 20 years. And we occasionally hear about it. How does it end? I don't know, um, because there are so many competing interests that I don't know about um, that could completely change the shape of this. The best way for this to end is for Putin to have the ability to declare victory and leave. I think that's an option that if he's rational, then he can say, okay, you know, we liberated these these separatist regions and uh, we... It, you know, we infor- we defeated the the people who were trying to keep us from liberating these separatist regions, mm-hmm. and now we're going to go back and um, and celebrate our victory. I think there is, but before nuclear war, I, I think there there would be a there there would be an ousting. There there would be some kind of internal um, refusal and resistance culminating sure. in an assassination. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, what what about you? Um, I, I I think this ends with this ends the way that you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like a hey, we went into these areas that didn't want to be part of Ukraine, um, and they and we liberate them and, and we'll move back. And so now they are free to kind of move about, or if if they want to be part of Russia, then, then yeah, kind of kind of like I I I, th- I think. These turn into this is like Crimea part two, yeah. three, four, and five. Like, yeah. like that's that, that's honestly where I see this going. It's a you know, it's because Crimea and and when 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 that first happened was all over the news. It was like a, oh, because I, I vividly remember that as far as like oh man, you know what's going on, and then and then you know, and then I want to say it was three months in the news cycle, it was, it, it, it kind of died down. I think this one may last a little bit longer, but I think it, it, it'll turn into a Putin kind of rears back and says, Hey, they're part of us now if, if they want to be, but Hey, they're free. They, they're pro Russia anyway. Um, they don't want to be part of Ukraine. So here we are. And then, and, and then they go back because, because I, I don't think that that Russia can sustain this level of, of offensive, um, forces for the for for any sort of long haul at all, and I think that ultimately um, there would if if things continue down this path for a duration of time, um, I think the people of Russia will absolutely revolt. Like it yeah. is, it is one hundred percent in their blood to get rid of it, whoever's in power, whoever whoever's causing them harm. So um, they they will one hundred percent revolt on that, and so and and and, and I, I think that Putin knows that and understands that like he's he's not an idiot um, I, I don't think he's the smartest man in the world but he's definitely not an idiot so I, I think he would he, he he would see like okay you know what I'm, I'm going to save face here I, I don't want to push things longer th- than what they would need to be I don't think he's crazy enough to to do some some nuclear things or whatnot mm-hmm. um so ultimately I think he, he just he kind of goes back just cl- declares victory says hey these areas are good we're free to go um, and, and then I think for him that, um, th- that, al- that, that allows him to flex his muscle enough to say, Hey, NATO, like, I don't want you trying to make puppets out of these countries, countries that border me. Cause I, 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 I think a, a, a part of me believes that, that he, re- that he's reacting in a way 
because people who deem him to be evil are slowly starting to encroach on his borders. And, are they his borders though? I mean, well, he- like, like, like Russian borders. So, so, so if, 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 if you start moving closer and closer and, and you have in NATO, NATO countries start to border Russia and, and then you're just, he's kind of like a, Okay, he may feel like a cornered dog. Mm, I'm, I'm, yeah. and, and so he's like, okay, like, are you guys just trying to limit, like, you guys trying to flex your muscle on me? Like, what do I have to do to show you that, that I'm that I'm no threat and whatnot? And so he he has to show something to say, like, hey, don't mess with me kind of thing because I'm crazy. And so I, 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 a part of me believes that th- that is part of his of his mentality in doing this as far as because hey you know Ukraine's trying to be part of NATO and 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 and, I, and, I, and adding all these other things it's like NATO's literally on his border like I'm not too sure how I feel about that as a leader so let me kind of flex my muscles kind of thing right and I mean I I, I also I think the timing is significant I think it, it's also mm-hmm. as you know as I said last week it's just this continuing you know Russia is is the cuckold of, of the West I think and in yeah. Putin's mind and, he, and he's you know whether that's true or not, very upset about that. Um, the you know the the belief that there could be any threat from NATO, like taking over Russia. I, I think maybe he finds that NATO is taking over Russia ideologically or whatever, and that's very clear in his anti-Western rhetoric. Um, but certainly territorially, no. Um, and and it would be foolish. Again, to quote from the Princess Bride, you never get involved in a land war in Asia, um, and and Russia's Eurasia. So right. <laughs> you know you you just don't do that. Right. If we're talking about the overall geopolitical implications, I think one thing that's very significant is we are seeing a turn to rearming um, across Europe. Even Japan has mm-hmm. has started considering uh, nuclear armament, and I am. I come out on the anti-Ben Shapiro school of this. Ben Shapiro is on this uh, on this crusade right now, where he feels like you know, Western uh, or America has to be the sole military hegemon. And while I don't want China to be a military hegemon, I don't want Iran to be a military hegemon. I think a stronger Europe, and we're allied with most of the countries in Europe. I think a, a stronger Euro- Europe militarily is a good thing, especially when you know, NATO countries are supposed to be contributing 2% of GDP to NATO arming. And there, there hasn't been much military innovation um, in Europe in, in the last while. The fact that we're seeing, uh, you know, countries strengthening themselves without encroaching on others is to those countries' benefit. So it'll be interesting to see kind of a rearming of, of Western countries. That would be interesting. We'll see how it all turns out. Tune in next week uh, <laughs> to, right. to see if, if 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 any if any drastic measures have happened or Putin is is, is, is running back to Russia. So, um, but guys, thanks again for listening. I know that this is a tip, this is a this is a longer episode than normal, roughly about ten minutes longer. Or so, but um, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for um, for being fans of the show, for for subscribing, for listening, for following us on all of those forms of social media. Thank you for us having a having a COVID. If COVID is a pandemic, we have a viral tweet going on. Um, so uh, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcast. We know we are worth every single bit of those five stars. Please share the show with a friend or a family member, maybe somebody in Ukraine, somebody in Russia. 
Uh, maybe share it with your warmonger friend who thinks that we need to go to war, or who, who needs to go, who thinks that we need to go to war with Russia. Maybe share it with your completely ANCAP friend who thinks that the world is just horrible and all governments suck um, like yours truly. So do all of that. Follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. Instagram, call me Maurice, like the Space Cowboy, like Steve Miller Band, um, and Civil Discord Podcast. And then follow us on Twitter at Civil Discord Pod and Ajax the Griff for Amanda, for all of her lovely tweets that she does and that we do. Um, that way uh, you guys don't know who it is. Okay. No clue. And if it, any, I'm telling you, anything that crazy, anything crazy that comes out of that 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 Twitter handle, you can rest assured that it is me. Anything crazy, license come, to kill. <laughs> come at me, come at me. Um, but make sure you do all of that, and we'll be we will be back again with another episode of Civil Discord. Until then, y'all be easy. Stay fierce. <laughs>